0: Hello, we're Shelf Check, a podcast for the question of our times. What should I read next? Shelf Check is presented by the Arlington Public Library in Arlington, Texas. I'm your host today, Mark Dellenbaugh, with my co-host,
1: Sharon Granato. Hello.
0: Let's Let's Talk talk Books. Well, can you believe it? This is episode 12 of our podcast. We've been sending these out once a week, and we're going to take a short break through December. We'll be back in January. But before we go, we've got um, a really great topic this week. We're going to be talking about books that are on the move, journeys and travels. To be honest, we were originally, we saw this was Thanksgiving weekend. And we're originally thinking something more in line with homecoming, family traditions, but this is not a normal year. No, it's not. And we know that there are a lot of unnormal Thanksgiving celebrations that are taking place, or have taken place. And we didn't want to tease you with thinking too much about all of the things that are different this year. But we did think that since it's hard to travel safely in an era of COVID, this is a wonderful time to rediscover armchair travel and stories of journeys. As we started planning this, pulled up a, a list of books on journeys and travels, and it turns out it's just about every darn book.
1: It is, because I, as I was prepping for this, I mean, I, everything I looked up that I've read in the past, it's been a journey. Yeah. Whether it's a 100 feet or a 100 miles, my favorite books have been journeys.
0: Yeah, I mean, even in a survey of Western literature, starting with Gilgamesh and a journey in a boat, and then we moved to Homer in his, Quest odyssey. to get home, his odyssey to get back home, and and all of the, the the challenges. Even in you know modern era, you think of modern American classics like Huck Finn, foundational work. Lord of the Rings, travel is just just everywhere. It's Travels everywhere. and quests. Lord of the Rings has made such long lasting imprint on the development of the whole rest of fantasy. I saw something a couple of years ago, a question kind of in flowchart form for. New fantasy writers that were about to submit their first manuscript, and the first place in the flowchart, it said, is your plot really just Lord of the Rings with different characters? You know, if you say yes, and say, well, try writing a different book, that one's already been written. Say no, it says, are you sure? Think about it carefully. It's hard to get away. It kind of seems unfair that people like Homer and Tolkien cornered the market early. I think lots of people would have written books with this theme if they just lived earlier.
1: Right. And I think traveling has been a quest for centuries now. And seeing it in written form, it's just. Yeah.
0: And it's such a great way to structure a novel. If if you're not sure what happens in your novel, well, you've got to have a beginning and a middle and an end. And hey, wait a minute. Journeys have a beginning and a middle and And an an end. end. What what are some that have resonated with you through the years?
1: Well, when I was a children's librarian, I read a lot of YA and J fiction. One that popped into my head when we were prepping for this was The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman. Ah, yeah. That one. And that one's very interesting because sometimes you... Find it in young adult collections, other places it's a fiction book,
0: but. Yeah, there, there's some series that kind of challenge categorization. Uh, to know where where does it go? Where does Harry Potter go? Things like that.
1: And another one that I was looking at was, and I read this one as when I was a kid, it was The Incredible Journey. And it turned into a movie called Homeward Bound. I don't know if that, it's with a dog, two dogs and a cat Right. where they're trying to reconnect with its owner. And you go through the journey of, of all their escapades trying to get back to their, so it's like a comedy, but it's heartfelt. You right. cry, you laugh. Yeah, anytime
0: any that animals are along for the journey, and it sounds like this was like 100% animal, but yes. anytime an animal is along, it raises the stakes and uh, animals make us more human somehow. That, that's a that's a, a tip for the aspiring writer. Work, right. work an animal into your into, into, into your story.
1: It, and then, yeah. And I mean, your heart just melts when you're thinking, oh my gosh, their owner is gone and they need to find him. Had it just been wild? One animal, I couldn't imagine, but I think three animals because they're having to work as a team.
0: Uh, yeah, teamwork. Their- that, that's another really great thing to put in your novel. So we're, we're approaching this topic the way we have in the previous 11, starting with, with some fiction. And we're going to then switch into a nonfiction perspective or, or focus. And then at the end, we're going to discuss some uh, fictional journeys that we might want to take part in, just so you kind of have the lay of the land. Back to uh, fiction were, are there any any others that, that, that you'd like to recommend?
1: The Alchemist. I don't know if you've read, oh, read that one no, before. I, haven't. I read that one actually per our ex-director, suggested that years ago, and I read it, and it was one of those soul-searching journeys where... Mm-hmm. It took place with a shepherd boy in Spain traveling to Egypt in search of treasure only to find that his treasure was within uh, and not materialistic. Okay. So it was one yeah, of those, right. the power of dreams and listening to within yeah. uh, books.
0: Yeah. Sometimes and the, the journey itself is the yes, destination. Right? Yes.
1: So that one stuck with me. And um, it's also a book that Arlington Reads uses or it, it, mm-hmm. it's been used to learn English. Okay. So that's a pretty, it's been written in so many different languages languages. Another one was Life of Pi, which was a movie, Uh, but that book was, um, I read that when that first came out. That one was about Indian boy who was shipwrecked and in a lifeboat for over 200 days Hmm. on the water.
0: So I don't know if you're familiar
1: with that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've seen the movie trailer. (laughs) And I've seen the book on displays, but I haven't gotten around to that one yeah, yet. Yeah, that
1: one's a good one because it's all spiritual. And again, I think when you're stuck by yourself on a journey. Yeah,
0: it kind of gives you a little yeah. chance to a little chance for introspection um, right. w- without being bombarded with with other things from the outside.
1: Journeys are all over the place. Either you're by yourself traveling or you're like in The Alchemist. He met so many different people along his trip right. that made the trip what it was was,
0: yeah, so yeah, um, that that's something that we'll get to a little bit when I uh, discuss um, Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck, which is a traveling book and has a dog, so two for two on that. and it, it it's largely about what he discovers in America, but it's the people as, as well. And there are mm-hmm. a lot of really interesting characters that he meets along the way. Sometimes the the people along the way are with you for the whole thing, like a road trip. Kind right. of book. I'm Trying to think of some road trip kind of books that I've read. I have not read Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but I'm guessing you know that uh... I,
1: I did read that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, because D- the, the pants the travel. The pants travel with the the pants travel with the character. Oh, okay. So it's a group of girls that share a pair of pants, ah, and so, so you travel like, with the pants.
0: Oh, got it. So it's more like a, a race in which they're passing a baton, but instead yes. of a baton, they're. Yes. The trousers.
1: It's the trousers and okay. and the pants tell a story. Yeah, as it travels from character to okay. character. Well, yeah. see, so
0: the, there's lots of ways of structuring these. Right. the the underlying theme of beginning and going through experiences and coming out on the other end and. And what you've learned and how it's transformed you and so right. forth. Well, that, I think that's a really great introduction. We'll we'll have the names of these books in the show notes, so you don't have to follow along with a notepad um, and try to figure out what we said. Uh, that'll all be right there in the show notes. This is probably a, a good time to transition to the the nonfiction elements of travel. Line between the two can be kind of blurry because you know, obviously, if if there are orcs and moving trees and so forth, you know you're in the realm of uh, fiction. There are a lot of uh, novelists who have written sort of travelogues, and there's so much about... travel writing that seems very much like novels, that uh, sometimes you have to kind of flip it over and and make sure that you're reading one thing or another. I mean, when when you're uh, reading about an expedition to the South Pole and uh, everything they go through to get there, very often you couldn't put things like that in a work of fiction because the editors wouldn't believe you. Right. Um, So um, it really jumps out at you. So the, the... a couple that I want to talk about, um, oh, but before I talk about these sort of memoir kind of based ones, I wanted to mention if it's been a while since you've been in the library, you may not know that we have a fantastic collection of like, travel guides. So there's not a lot of traveling going on right now, but if you want to travel from your armchair, um, you can place a reserve and do curbside pickup or come in and get uh, Fodor's um, Guide to Barcelona. Um, or um, an official guide to Walt Disney World. Um, I meant this is the 2020 version, which came out in 2019. I'm guessing next year's version will be uh, pretty different. Um, so these sort of uh, traditional travel guides, we, we have uh, a ton of those. And I think travel guides are are perfect kind of library book, because uh, when I visited uh, Africa a few years ago, I needed to know an awful lot about a couple of countries for a pretty short period of time, but I I didn't need to have um, Lonely Planet's Guide to East Africa on my bookshelf forever. I needed to kind of uh, learn a bunch of stuff really quickly that were uh, relevant for a short time in my life, uh, just as if uh, someone is... uh, traveling to latin america or or wherever uh so um save yourself a little bit of money when you're travel planning and and use our travel books um now again we don't want to tease you because not many of us are going to be traveling (laughs) anytime soon Um, but there are places that you can travel that you can get to safely uh in this era we've got a bunch of books on uh Our our travel books are not just far-flung reaches of the globe. Uh, We have things like um, Texas Off the Beaten Path and uh, has uh, day trips that you can uh, get to, um, the state divided up into different areas and different attractions. Um, And uh, one more to recommend along these lines, uh, best hikes near Dallas-Fort Worth. So you can be outside, you can be getting your exercise, And you don't have to travel all around the world. And
1: hiking's been a big deal during the last, what, seven, eight months?
0: Yeah, yeah. People are rediscovering how wonderful it is to be outside um, as they have a little bit more time and uh, better air circulation and so forth. Um, Two more titles, just real quick. Um, 50 States, 500 Ideas, a National Geographic title. And we have this amazing book um, that uh, almost need two people to lift. It's National Geographic Atlas of the National Parks. Oh, wow. So if you've uh, spent happy time in the past, um, this would be a good way to at, at national parks. This would be a good way to relive some of those memories. Um, every national park uh, has a two-page spread with maps and uh, points of interest and pictures. Some of the... the Uh, bigger parks have more than that, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's just a fantastic overview of the national park system, um, uh, America's best idea, as uh, Ken Burns and others have put it. In addition to the travel books that are like guides to travel, there's another kind of category of nonfiction travel books that are really fun. And that's where you kind of take a journey with somebody um, tagging along with them as they write up what happened when they took a journey. Um, one of the best books in this category, um, one that uh, I've had a really fun time reading, uh, it's called Travels with Charlie in Search of America, written by John Steinbeck. I think it's John Steinbeck mainly of the sad stories of the depression or of, of mice and men, things like that. I I just haven't been in my spare time. I haven't been racing to immerse myself in... Sadness. (laughs) In sadness. Yeah, I kind of have enough sadness going on right now anyway. But in reading this, I can see why he's such a great novelist, because he has such a good ear for the way people talk, and uh, is really good at pulling out an anecdote that tells a larger story. So when he's uh, uh, telling you about a a conversation he had with a, a farmer in Maine, um, just a couple of key details, but you can you can picture the guy and, and what motivates him. And I think that's what makes him a, a talented novelist, too. So when someone is writing a story of a journey that they took, a natural question is, well, why did they go on this journey? Why would you do mm-hmm. this? In Travels for Charlie, uh, Steinbeck talks about a many-month journey across the whole country and back in basically a trailer, he had realized that he was living off old memories, Mm -hmm. that he spent most of his time in New York, and he said, New York is no more America than Paris is France, or if you visited London, that you can think that you visited England. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously London is in England, but there's way more to England than just London. London, right? right. And um, so he decided he needed to get out there again. But what was the, the, the fundamental, I mean, that's a good reason to travel, but that's not really a good enough reason that no one would go to do that just because it's been a long time since they did. Um, he had a medical crisis uh, shortly before this book, and uh, as he recovered from it, Um, He was kind of left thinking, I'm either gonna retain or recapture the vitality and vigor of my youth, or this is the beginning of the end. This is the beginning of a long slide into uselessness and senility. And um, he said that, uh, I thought this was an interesting phrase, "Um, I did not want to surrender fierceness for a small gain in comfort. My wife married a man, I saw no reason why she should inherit a baby, uh, but to make sure that he could reclaim his uh, his manhood. Now, remember, this is mid. 20th century, there were very clear ideas of what made a man, you know, needed to hunt, fish, um, prepare, uh, protect the family, protect your family and all of these things. Uh, his kids were grown and so, um, and his wife was okay with him doing this, so he wasn't abandoning his family, but he, he needed to prove to himself that he was still capable of doing anything, that he could take on any challenge. She took a dog. And uh, it turns out uh, that's a fantastic way to meet people. If you need people to warm up to you to give you directions or let you sleep in their field, uh, it's nothing like a dog uh, to open doors. And this was Charlie. And this, this is, is Charlie, Charlie. Okay. right. And. Um, it's funny, as I was looking at some reviews of this book uh, before deciding this is the one I was going to read, um, many people uh, expressed great concern um, they didn't want to start this book if Charlie didn't make it the whole way. I think a lot of people have been burned by dead dogs Aww. in stories, right? You know, yeah. Old Yeller and, you know, the list goes on and on. So there are no dead dogs in this story. You'll be happy to hear. Um, he did make it back. Uh, had lots of insights. How um,
1: long was he gone?
0: Oh, goodness, it was the better part of a year. Uh, One of the the delights of this book is he does spend some time talking about the different states and the different kinds of people that he met along the way. Um, For our Texans out there, we're broadcasting from Arlington Public Library in Arlington, Texas. Um, I'm sad to report that we were not his favorite state. Oh, um, he said, uh, he loved, he, he admired a lot of states and I'm going to read a quote, uh, how much he admired Texas, but he said, I loved, what state do you think? Colorado? Close. Montana.
1: Oh, okay. Montana.
0: And he said, I can't tell you exactly why I'm head over heels in love with Montana any more than I can tell you why I'm head over heels in love with my wife. When you're this much in love, you can't put it into words. Words. But uh, yeah, Um, so Montana came away in first place. But here's what he had to say about Texas. Um, I've said that Texas is a state of mind, but I think it is more than that. It is a mystique closely approximating a religion. And this is true to the extent that people either passionately love Texas or passionately hate it. As in other religions, few people dare to inspect it for fear of losing their bearings in mystery or paradox. But I think there will be little quarrel with my feeling that Texas is one thing. For all its enormous range of space, climate, and physical appearance, and for all the internal squabbles, contentions, and strivings, Texas has a tight cohesiveness, perhaps stronger than any other section of America. Rich, poor, panhandle, gulf, city, country. Texas is the obsession, the proper study, and the passionate possession of all Texans. So this uh, writer who grew up in California and spent most of his life in New York City, I think he gets us.
1: Yeah, he nailed it.
0: Yeah, he sure did. Well, the last thing that I want to say about the book is uh, the way he wraps it up. In the morning, the snow was passed, and so was the journey. I do know this. The big and mysterious America is bigger than I thought and more mysterious. So if you're looking for something to read, want to read John Steinbeck, but don't want to read another sad novel, um, this comes highly recommended. uh, Travels with Charlie in Search of America. Oh, one funny thing about the dog. um, He said... uh, his, his, he calls him Charlie, but his full name is, is this long French name. Oh, Charlie's his nickname? Um, yeah. yeah. He uh, said he got Charlie in France, and uh, he uh, does okay with commands given in English, but uh, it's a little bit slow. Uh, he responds quickly only to commands in French, quoting him here. Otherwise, he has to translate into English, and that slows him down. <laughs> so I, Well, not- that sounds
1: like a great read. I think I'd like to read that close to retirement, and maybe I'd want to— take a trip across yeah, might, America. Yeah, might
0: get you out on the road get with, your, me, yeah. with your camper van. Go find me a dog yeah. that speaks Texan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, the, the third topic we want to talk about today, if you could take a journey anywhere in any book, is, is there a journey that you'd want to join or a fictional land you'd like to visit? Well, there's a fiction book
1: called Under the Tuscan Sun by Frances Mays. And it's about a divorcee who goes to escape from her depression and her okay. her cheating um, ex-husband and, yeah. and stuff. I would Just love- kind of a starting
0: over kind of yes. thing? Yes. Okay. And
1: it's like, well, she goes on a trip and ends up staying. She ends mm. up buying property and staying and starting a new life there and- that, that
0: almost happened to me once. Um, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to visit uh, a small country in East Central Africa called Burundi. And I had such a transformative time that week. I, I honestly was thinking, if I missed the flight, how long could I stay, stay. here before the State Department came to get me or, or I got kicked out? You know, out I had
1: those same thoughts when I visited uh, Costa Rica and saw how many people did not leave after a visit yeah, there and yeah. they settled there. And it was the lifestyle there was, um, so amazing. And, um, just, they were not in a rat race, which right. is what I feel we're in here. Yeah.
0: I just love the people that I met and, and yeah, they had a different relationship to a clock than I do. And, and I have a different relationship to the clock than most Americans. Right. If you know me. Um, but they, uh, took that to a whole new level. And if you were, late to something because you had stopped to help somebody on the way well you weren't late um, if you were uh, stayed longer because you were involved in a great conversation well who who cared what happened next right uh, people were in tune with relationships and community rather and, than instead time. of th- these little blocks of time and so it, it was amazing. I think that was the so, same with so Francis France her, yes yeah. Tuscany
1: because um, she talks a lot about the cuisine of Tuscany and the landscape and I think just the piece of opening up your windows and doors and seeing the sunset and the sunrise and the hills mm. and the, you enjoy your food and you take time to observe nature around you. And, right. and and this is real. I mean, I had thought about Narnia and all these fictional things. Uh, this is a fiction book, but it's a real place. So for me, it's like, it's yeah, doable. I yeah, could
0: actually exactly right. Yeah, a lot of people. If you if you read uh, Tolkien, you might want to go to Middle Earth or go to Narnia. Um, I spent a lot of time in my <laughs> uh, preteen years trying to figure out how to get to Narnia. Um, Did you go
1: visit a lot of wardrobes? I, I opened.
0: Uh, I opened up a lot of wardrobes. Yeah, and just nothing but clothes. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a big uh, big drag. Oh. But uh, um, you know, realize that was somebody else's journey. Um, I take my own. But uh, it, it was fun to, to daydream, um, you know, what what I would do um, in the land where you can run and never get tired and things like that. But um, well, we'd love to hear from you if you have a place that you would love to journey. Um, you can uh, write to the shelf check podcast team through the uh, Arlington Public Library website. Thanks for taking this journey with us today. Uh, we know we can't really get out and travel the way we'd like, and we can't take the journeys we'd like right now, but that time uh, won't be that long. Uh, there's there's light at the end of this tunnel that we're in. Um, one of our colleagues wrote, uh, speaking of the website, if you search for armchair travel, um, one of our colleagues early in the uh, pandemic wrote a blog post on our website on places that are ways that you can travel without traveling. Um, but thanks for, uh, listening to us talk about travel and journey today. Um, now remember, we're taking a planned break in December, but we will be back, uh, January 2nd, Saturday, January 22nd. We have, uh, at least 26 straight weeks of themes already planned out we are chomping at the bit. Um, we're going to start with one um, on fresh starts and new beginnings for uh, 2021. Uh, during the spring, um, we're going to touch on all kinds of topics like Afrofuturist fiction and Texas authors and neurodiversity, uh, Victorian mysteries and uh, comfort reads and hig higgy, huga. Huga. So, what's this huga?
1: Huga. It's a Danish way of living and it creates a safe, comforting, and warm place, which I think right now everybody. Safe,
0: comforting, and warm, warm place. place. Yes. Right. Sign me up.
1: Yes. I All think right. it's what everybody's wanting this year. So, the mindset is to be kind to yourself and take time to relax.
0: Yes. Again, yeah. Um, so, I, I need a double portion of Huga, and so we have uh, different people in the adult team at the library that are doing the podcast, hosting different ones. Uh, I'll definitely be tuning in for that, so I can uh, learn how to get my Huga on. And um, we should
1: make T-shirts. Yeah. Get your Huga on. Yeah, your
0: hygge. at the library. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. Um, so again, thanks for joining us. Um, while you're waiting. Um, we know how addicted you've become to the Shelf Check podcast, so how are you going to make it for the next four weeks simple? Uh, go back and listen to the previous 11. We uh, started on September 12th, um, and we've had lots of great topics this fall, uh, uh, being, being scared and time travel and uh, true crime stories, books we loved or hated as children, books as gifts, Uh, Sports in these uncertain times, good mystery and a good meal, lots of great topics. So go back and explore those, and we will see you in January.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Shelf Check. Music for the podcast is Wonderful Adventures by Julian Venarb under license from First Comm Music, Inc. Production and editing by Aisha Hawkins, and special thanks to Library Director Norma Zuniga. Take care and keep reading.